Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. This is a surprise bonus episode because guess what? We're turning one. Yay! Yay! So we decided we'd hop on here and just talk some smack and um, answer some questions and confessions for our birthday. Um, And yeah, so we'll just go ahead and get into it and we'll see you at the end. So we asked some questions on our personal Instagrams and they all were like varying degrees. So we just categorized them in ways that we thought would be, would make sense. Mm -hmm. So for right now, we are doing the confessions column by your truly Reverend Hannah Jones. (laughs) I'm a literal ordained minister. I know. Why did you do that? I was, okay. So the story with that is I was literally at my summer job. I was my sophomore year of college I was at my summer job and I was watching literally just baseball fields softball fields I was just watching to make sure nobody came and vandalized them and I was bored I was like I'm gonna be a minister (laughs) we've all had that calling in life I'm gonna be a minister been there and I feel it's very Sagittarius coded (laughs) it really is it really is (laughs) I thought about that today I was like oh interesting anyway We are doing our first confessions column. So we're just going to go through some of the questions and then we'll give advice, input, oohs, ahs, what have you. (laughs) So the first question is, how do you know if you're having a quarter life or midlife crisis? I personally think that it's a little obvious in a lot of ways. You make big purchases, impulse purchases. But what do you guys think? I feel like you would know if you're in a crisis. If you're asking yourself, am I in a midlife crisis? Then the answer is probably yes. Yeah. But I feel like midlife, like like when people say like quarter life or midlife crisis, it's not so much like a crisis as it is like, I view it as like dying your hair or like going through kind of just like a personal like transformation. Oh, I've already done that then. Is that not (laughs) what it is? I feel like for me, I don't really know if I would call it a crisis because it wasn't like that deep, but I think it was kind of like, oh, I don't really know what to do now that like I've entered the adult world, like post-college, like where am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to hang out with? How do I make adult friends? Like I actually don't want to do the job that I thought I wanted to do now. What do I do about that? It's kind of like that type of vibe for me. Oh, so just like a hopeless kind of loss. Yeah. Just situation. like what the hell am I actually doing? <laughs> that makes sense. But then a midlife crisis, like I feel like it's kind of the same vibe, but you just have more things that you're like responsible for it. Typically, like you typically have a family or like a job or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because they both kind of correlate with like your Saturn return Mm. era. Um, But I do think that quarter life crises are like getting are happening earlier. Yeah. Because a Saturn return is like your late 20s. And I feel like people say they have a quarter life crisis like when they're like 23. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. What about you? Hmm. You said you didn't believe in them earlier. I don't I don't really believe in that it specifically like I feel like that that crisis energy can occur at many points like you were talking about like graduations endings typical I feel like it's typical to be like hmm where am I going and I feel like a lot of people attribute that to like a quarter life midlife crisis yeah but I feel like it's just like the natural yeah flow yeah I totally see that here for you though girl yes yeah so I guess the advice is like just keep 
going. <laughs> the only way out is through. Yeah. The yes. crises come and go. They ebb and flow. That's what makes you feel alive. Truth. Oh. So this next confession hails from somebody anonymous we do not know. It says, I can't stop being jealous that people are ahead of me in life. It's debilitating. Damn. <laughs> I have things to say regarding a detachment over this. It's, yes. It's tough. I don't know. Like, I feel, I don't feel that, I mean, I used to feel that way a lot of the time, and especially in my early 20s when I didn't know where I was going to go, like, who, who was I going to be, stuff like that. I definitely felt like some of my peers were ahead of me in terms of where I saw myself and where I wanted to be. But then I also just kind of realized that, like, <laughs> I just, I got to take my time. Like, I don't need to rush anywhere. Plus, I don't like being rushed anywhere. So... <laughs> I think just having like a change in perspective of time in general, like, and your and general expectations that you need to be somewhere at a certain time. Who says that you do or your parents do? It's an external pressure that's put onto you. And then sometimes it turns into internal pressure and then that's yours to clean up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like, I don't know smoke some weed take a chill pill like relax like you have time you have time yeah I feel like it kind of just goes with the previous question like mm -hmm. a lot of people feel like that and then once you realize that you're like oh like that's just kind of part of life and I think with like thinking of it with astrology and your own birth chart like everyone is on their own completely unique path so like you're not really ahead of or behind anyone in that sense because like you are just living your own life experience that no one else is living and I feel like social media being on social media perpetuates that idea too oh, like just sure. it makes it worse that you're like oh well look at all of them and especially especially within the confines of relationships and mm -hmm. what relationships ought to be where my mm -hmm. relationship should be headed it's toxic and it's I don't know but what do we think I think to get real deep into like reworking that um, jealousy mindset is ask yourself what it means that if someone's ahead of you, what it means for you. There's a core belief behind that usually where it's like, oh, if I were to rework this phrasing, them being ahead of me means I'm not doing well at all. Mm. And mm -hmm. that's that's usually where it comes from. So I think to rework that, worry less about where they're at and worry get more curious don't dog on yourself for being jealous because that's very natural but get curious with it and it's like why do I feel this way is it because that I'm not confident in my own ability or does mm. does it mean that if someone else is successful or beautiful or whatever that means I'm not yeah um because we are on our own timelines and that's what's kind of beautiful about life and mm -hmm. also I think we always have a skewed view of how well quote unquote people are people are doing in life absolutely um yeah. and yeah perception is just plays a big role in that but I think get, just get curious on why you're jealous what does that mean about you and specifically see it as an opportunity if you are jealous of someone be like oh what does that mean for me it means I desire what they have how can I get there right yeah yeah, yeah, I feel like it's kind of like when you really like hate someone, there's a reason you hate them. It's because there's something about them that's like 
you wish you had yeah. or something mm-hmm. like if you're like oh my god that person's so loud like I hate how loud they are it's like well maybe I hate that because like I don't speak up and I don't use my voice mm-hmm. it's like along those same lines of like yeah. actually digging into that feeling and like understanding what it's rooted in yeah yeah and I also think that there's like a lot of shame surrounding jealousy mm-hmm. and having being a jealous person And I don't want to say that there is like a certain level like of amounts of jealousy that are like okay or not okay, but I definitely think that shame surrounding jealousy just puts even more pressure on people to kind of be like not jealous. Like I'm I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous. But like, girl, you are, and it's fine. Like, be jealous. What it is, name it, and call it what it is. Yeah, give it a fucking name, Mm -hmm. and then you're gonna be quicker to kind of dispel that or work on that yourself. It's only bad if you make it somebody else's problem yeah you know or harm someone yeah i don't know i feel like many things like regarding detachment and jealousy and really any emotion jealousy just comes up but you don't have to be so much of the owner of it you can be like ooh, you can get get more curious about it like i said Mm -hmm. but also that's that doesn't define you that's not you're not you might not be a jealous person you experience jealousy and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like sometimes we label ourselves like jealous person and then we don't allow ourselves to not be jealous. That's yeah. kind of our definitive mm-hmm. label. So just detaching it and being like, oh, I'm experiencing jealousy. What does this mean for me? More of an objective view yeah. of not letting it overtake you emotionally, which is hard, but just be more ob- objective. Yeah, that's so fucking hard to do. It is. But all right. So the next confession says, what do you think is the best natural remedy for seasonal depression? Even though it's cold outside during the day, go outside for a second. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because sunlight, no matter what, even if it's like reflecting on snow and it's actually really cold is important or just like walking around, getting out of your house for literally just a second I think is the best natural remedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say like taking advantage of warmer days to go on a walk. Mm -hmm. Like it's been kind of warm here recently and I've been trying to walk outside like as much as I can because I know it's going to get freezing cold again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like any day that the sun is out or it's like just, just warm enough to go for a walk, definitely go on the walk. I love this question because I, I don't know. I love, I used to hate winter, but I think it's because I didn't have a good self-care, like winter self-care regimen. Mm. And so now that I have kind of like a good little like self-care regimen, I love winter. I dress the best in the winter. It's cold. I love the cold, but I think the best thing is to just really be, I don't want to say like a recluse, but like really kind of get back to you and drink a lot of tea like Mm. warm teas and then take vitamin d Mm -hmm. but i'm not a doctor (laughs) (laughs) no i need vitamin d supplements so bad oh they've literally changed my mood i've been taking them for the past like consistently every single day for the past like i don't know two months and i've noticed that like little things don't really bother me anymore Mm. and like little annoyances little annoyances or like i just don't feel i don't want to say that oh my god i'm not depressed but like i i just feel a lot more positive about Mm. my overall outlook of life. I don't feel like I'm catastrophizing as much and stuff, but 
again, I'm not a doctor. Vitamin D is not going to cure everything, but I just, what I've noticed that helps me That's good. kind I'm of glad. maintain. But yeah, I think those are great. Definitely getting outside and getting the sun. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of Andrew Huberman. Yes. He's, he's incredible. But he always talks about how like your eyes or your retinas need like sunlight without sunglasses and not mm-hmm. through a window. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, that's so interesting. And obviously he like knows the shit. So I'm like, okay. For like a, a little bit, like a couple seconds. But yeah, I have, I've been listening to him more and the way he like goes about his daily routine. I'm like, wow, that's so intentional. And I really like that. I'm leaning more into that energy. I love Andrew Huberman. I love his podcast. It's great. Um, Okay. The next question or the next confession. This one's juicy. I'm so excited. Okay. I'm not in love with my partner anymore (laughs) and I don't know how to tell them. We have a history and I love them so much, but I'm just not in love with them. I have so much to say about this. Oh my gosh. I've been in this exact situation. I feel like mm-hmm. so many people have. Yeah. I feel like everyone for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's normal. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's definitely normal to kind of fall out of love, but I think it's important to kind of ask yourself why, mm-hmm. you know, cause I mean, if it's just kind of like, um, I don't know. I think it's important just to ask yourself why and really kind of reflect on why you're not in love. Is it, you know, is it like the routine? Do you need like spark and stuff? Because then you can go into the whole idea of what spark is and like mm-hmm. movies perpetuating this certain level of a relationship and what it ought to feel like, you know? Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. What about you guys? Um, first I would, I would, if you're, if you're really on the fence about like breaking up with your partner, think about their time. Think about them first and be like is my is my attitude of this and like how I'm not in love with them anymore and me continuing the relationship even though I have that in mind is that serving them or do you think they would find better yeah and if the answer is someone would love them better then let it go and that's what your partner deserves if if um I feel like, so I read this book called Not Nice and it changed my life. I talk about it all the time, but he talks about how, and especially if you haven't been honest kind of about this with your partner, it talks about how sometimes we're, we try to be kind by not giving news or withholding news or withholding our feelings, but it's actually way kinder to just be like, this is how I'm feeling. And yeah. if it needs to be let go of, you got, you have to let it go. But it's just, just think about your partner and what they deserve. And if it's like, if you're feeling that way and it's been going on for a while and you're just not sure about it, then be honest, maybe have a discussion, but also just keep in mind what serves you two both best, because Mm -hmm. that's very natural to not have the same initial love. And if you, if you want to choose them and it's like, and you still love them and you're not in love. I feel like a lot of the in love feeling is the initial spark and the newness. Um, you're probably still in in love with them to some capacity, but it just looks different. So you don't think it's the same. But yeah, just be honest with them. And if s- something else serves you both, then do what you have to do. 
but yeah. don't don't um withhold the information for too long because that's just at some point it's selfish yeah yeah like think about how you would want to be treated in that mm-hmm. situation like i would rather just like i'd rather them just be upfront and like mm-hmm. be honest with me about it instead of like dragging me along for like an x amount of time or whatever mm-hmm. yeah yeah, no, I have so much to say about this too because I feel like I have found myself in this situation so many times with like people I dated before my Virgo <laughs> and <laughs> I like loved, you know, the spark was fun, getting to know them was fun and then it just kind of like fizzled but I really still cared about the person and it was kind of like, oh, I wish I could just be like friends with you and like not be dating you anymore because like mm-hmm. I still just like, cared about them a lot and wanted them to be happy but a few questions I would ask myself like if I felt this was like am I just bored of like the routine like has Mm -hmm. it become so predictable that like nothing's exciting anymore like Mm -hmm. that is a potentially easy fix Mm -hmm. yeah or like another question would be like do I see a like my future with this person like Mm -hmm. can I actually picture us living together and like having that routine and that type of life. And I would be like, um, no, (laughs) a lot of the times Mm -hmm. that is a big realization. If you you think of the reality of that Mm -hmm. and yeah, like you just have to think about the, like get to the root of like why you're feeling that way and like, just see if it's something that can be remedied or not. Because in some cases, if you're just like, waiting for a person to change like they're never going to change like that isn't really worth like waiting out might not be fixable but it's something that's like oh I'm bored of our routine I need excitement like that is an easy fix yeah yeah so like determining the root problem and then determining if it's worth your time and energy to try to fix it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah not everything's meant to last forever but also be honest with yourself and be honest with your partner okay i have some questions that kind of are all over the place okay so the next question if you could i love this question if you could go back and give one piece of advice to your non-witch self what would you say and i my answer to this is it's kind of deep and it goes with like my love for the magician but i i'd say that you you are powerful and you are you have power over yourself Mm. because I think that was um the main thing that like being witchy or witchiness um brought into my life which I think I mentioned this in like the first episode but personal sovereignty Mm -hmm. um and I guess like trust your intuition trust yourself Mm -hmm. like you you can trust yourself that's a big one Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like that's like something you learn like once you get into your witchy journey like how do you how how you trust your intuition but I think I could have used that sentiment a lot sooner yeah that's such a hard question to answer Mm -hmm. hmm I feel like I would, if I could go back, I would tell myself to like stop trying to be so rational and like logical about things. Like, cause I've always had a really strong intuition, but I would like kind of fight back sometimes or like push it back. And I was just really into like science and like 
I like doing math. Like I just was so in my like, uh, what is it? Right brain people say so into that. And I like wanted to work in science when I got older and all of that. So I think I just kind of like was so focused on that, that I kind of neglected the like creative artsy side of me and like kind of lost touch with that a little bit. So I would probably, and to me that is like very connected to spirituality. Mm -hmm. So I would probably go back and be like, you need to still be in touch with your intuition and your creative energy, your Mm -hmm. creative flow. And just, I feel like I would have found like witchcraft and magic and tarot sooner if I was more kind of like in tune with that part of myself rather than my logical, rational side. I would say that casting spells and doing magic and being witchy is a state of mind and it is in your everyday little rituals. Mm -hmm. It's not in, it can be an organized practice for sure, but I think finding it little like pockets of magic throughout your day and like during your rituals, I think I would tell her that because I think for a long time I tried to be like doing like stuff that is like aesthetic or Mm -hmm. like um, just trying to be something that I I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so I think flipping it in my mind to like, Oh, I can integrate this into my daily routine. I can habit stack this so that I'm still kind of doing like my, my oil anointing ritual in the morning or, you know, like my skincare, Mm -hmm. like saying good things back to myself. But I would say that. Yeah. Cool. I love that. I really resonate with that because I just felt so like, silly when I started doing witchcraft and magic I was like this isn't gonna work like in the back of my mind and then like it's just because I was like copying what other people were doing without stopping to question like why and if it resonated with me at all yeah why it felt good yeah and it just like seeing what other people were doing on social media things being aesthetic or things being like a million steps to a ritual like yeah yeah everything is just like really done up and magic is like actually really really simple Mm-hmm. so that really resonates with me too because I thought I had to like do it perfectly yeah and like chant things and like I don't I'm I'm sorry I'm not there yet I'm not at that <laughs> chapter where I'm I, chanting so I I'm had trying. the same thing I was like um I don't really want to like say anything out loud right now <laughs> I don't want to accidentally summon a demon yeah I so feel that but yeah yeah I think something to remember with that um an affirmation to tell yourself, if you will, if you're just approaching your witchy journey, is the magic is you. It's not mm-hmm. the tools you use. It's just inherently within you. You just have to tap into it. So, yeah. And everyone has their own, like, specific journey. Period. Um, I also got a question. What do you hope for in year 26? I love how this person knew my age. But I did just post my birthday cake, so. Um... <laughs> I guess we could answer this for all of for all of us, not just me. Um, but this year, that's a good question. I feel very, especially at the start of this year, like in January, I think something shifted. Like my final moments of twenty five, I like I felt like way more grown up, but not in a boring sense. More in a, I, I'm recognizing like my worth, and I'm very open about. And, like, my boundaries are strong. Mm -hmm. Like, right when January started, I'm like, wow, my boundaries 
and my self-advocacy is getting a lot better. So I would continue that. It's been, that's been a a specific journey for like years now, but I feel really good about this year and my ability to, I don't know, even if something goes wrong or if I do something wrong, I, to be like, okay, and move forward and not get so like beat up over it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a third house perfection year for you. Yes. How um, do you feel about that? Very much. Um, I've already been on like, I just want to learn stuff, grind, um, and just like wanting to travel here and there. But yeah, I I feel like right when it started, like the, um, like just the new year, um, I knew it was a third house year and I was like, that makes sense because I want to learn like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like teaching as well. And I've been really on my teaching grind too. Just like um the um transfer of like information education, information. But yeah, also my perfection chart is very Aquarian. Mm-hmm. So that's and Venus return, Mercury return. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Because last year it was like Aquarius Sun, of course, and I'm pretty sure it was like Capricorn Moon. Taurus rising, mm. Venus in Pisces. I was Love like, ooh, that. and I, I felt that because I felt like I was very Delulu in a lot of cases, but it was very <laughs> romantic. Um, but yeah, what um, do you guys hope for? How do you? I am turning 28 in Pisces season. Oh, okay. Yes, it's coming up. Yeah. So you can answer because it's about to be your birthday. What do you hope for 28? Yeah. Um, that's a fifth house perfection year. So like, ugh, I can't wait for that. It's going to be so. That's very cute. It's going to be so cute. It's going to be so fun. Um, I'm going to be getting married, which yeah. is crazy. Going on our honeymoon, hopefully. And yeah, I, I kind of feel like the fifth house perfection year ramping up a little bit. Like I can kind of feel it coming. Mm-hmm. Um just because I'm like, I'm super into like a creative flow right now and art and like just wanting to learn more about art and just immerse myself in that world and like understand more. So I'm super excited about that, trying to like dedicate myself to creation. Um, But yeah, I'm super excited about the fifth house themes. And I guess in my personal life, what do I hope to get out of that? When your Capricorn self's like, mm, with <laughs> like, work, my career. I'm like, but what is my goal? <laughs> well, actually, I guess my goal is to finish my bingo board that I made because mm-hmm. I made one for the new year and I need to look at it again. So I'm going to dedicate my fifth house perfection year of play and fun to so finishing fun. my bingo board. <laughs> nice. But you, you had a birthday recently as well. That was last year, though. We don't count her. But yeah, it's technically it like the year. <laughs> it was not that long ago. <laughs> last year. That was last year. We don't know her. Um, so I think I'm entering my fourth house perfection year, but I don't I'm not in a position to buy a house yet. So I think ultimately what I'm wanting for this next year is just to continue on being I mean, I'm a late bloomer. Everything that happens like everything that I manifest at the beginning of the year does not ever happen until the last month. Mm. Like it's just like bang, 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 bang. Like I ended up, I think it was, I don't know what I did. Like what my, one of my goals, one of my goals for one of the years was to stop vaping. Mm. And then it was like all the way until December until I finally stopped vaping. This was like a couple of years ago, but like it's always just been a theme. It's kind of like a late bloomer type or 
procrastination type. I got time. I got time. <laughs> Sagittarius type. <laughs> I got time. I'm going to dilly-dally and, like, mind my business. But I think, um, yeah, I just want to keep vibing and living life. I'm having a great time right love now. So. I love it. The fourth house is so, like, so much about, like, laying roots in some way. So I'm sure that you will get something established. Oh, I'm going to get something. You. I'm going to get something established for sure. <laughs> and whether I think that might be honestly just establishing roots within myself in a lot of ways. True. So yeah, finding out who I am and doing that. Nice. But yeah. The next question I have, I love this question. And um, if you're e- any of our families, maybe this is a part where you skip. <laughs> um, the question is, have you used, I love this question, have you used sex magic? If so, to what end were there unintended consequences? If you haven't, is it something you've considered? This question is so juicy. It is. This is <laughs> the exact type of question. Whoever asked this, I love you, because it's exactly what I was looking for. I feel like you can, I feel like I've unintentionally done, done sex magic just because I like, I, I feel like I, I am the spell, like the, yeah, you know what I mean? That I like enchant myself with like a certain like pleasure in life and romance and big Aphrodite energy. I have used sex magic. I literally can't believe that I'm talking about this on the podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, I joke that my Taurus Venus is like prudish. <laughs> mm. um, but I have with a partner, with my Virgo, of course. <laughs> And I feel like for me, it's about just like strengthening our connection and like our energetic bond, I guess, is how I would put it. So it's not like I'm trying to like manifest something physical out of it. Like I'm not like casting a spell necessarily. Um, It's just kind of like a connection type of thing. Okay. When you put it that way, then yes. Like tantric sex. Have you heard of tantric sex? I've heard of it. What is it? I don't even really know what it is. So I think it's generally it's um, like it's this old practice and it's switching or combining energy through your sacral region. Mm. And you just kind of like move and flow with your partner. So it's like yoga, but sex yoga. I love that. I love that. Yeah. No, it's really cool. That's like a really kind of quick and dirty example. It's mm. way deeper than what I just exclaimed it to be. But I, yeah, I feel like I also unintentionally, well, kind of intentionally, but I don't see it as like sex magic because it's like not spells. But um, like with that, I see sex very spiritual. Um, I see it as like a deep connection and bond between whoever you're with or with yourself. So I think my intention behind it is kind of like within the sex magic realm but I am not, like, um, using liquids for, like, spell jars or anything like yeah. that. Oh, like no, blood. nothing yeah. like that. No, no, no. But a book that's amazing, Sacred Sex by Gabby Herstic. Mm. Um, she kind of talks about spirituality and sex and sexuality, seducing yourself. Um, I love that book because I feel like it's a lot um, to do with, like, bringing in pleasure into your life and seducing yourself literally just throughout life. So I think that's also a version of sex magic where I feel like when people think sex magic, they think like the liquid using liquid and spell jars. Yeah. But I feel like it's it's like other types of witchiness where it's like just more intention behind what you're doing. 
Yeah. I feel like the general perception of sex magic is like what is seen in TV shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if you've seen American Horror Story Coven, there's like a whole scene with like her trying to like do sex magic to get pregnant or something. And Mm -hmm. it's like kind of gross and intense and weird. Um, But yeah, it's yeah, that could be said about all witchcraft in movies, though. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. As you just said, like with the intention. All right. (laughs) Okay, so we got a mix of just like random questions and astrology questions. Mm. So one of the questions we got was a fuck, Mary kill. Oh, my God. Yay. New girl characters, Nick, Winston, and Schmidt. All right. Oh, this is too easy for me. Mary, Nick, of course, because he's like my everything. Um, Fuck Winston. And kill Schmidt. I'm so sorry. I don't think I could deal with Schmidt's attitude in bed, even though he's meant to be like the the guy that's like good in bed. I feel like Winston would be fun and quirky and like we could laugh through it and then like, you know what I mean? Yes. And then Schmidt would like, if I like made a mess or something, or if he made a mess, he'd be like, go shower. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. No, he's like way too, mine would be, are the exact same as yours. Okay. Um, yeah, he's just like way too high strung. Mm. He's, he drives me nuts. I would, honestly, I would marry Winston. I would marry Winston. He would be a good husband. He would. I would marry Winston. I would. Maybe you kill Nick, I swear. I'm going to kill Nick and fuck Schmidt. No. Yeah, because no, Schmidt Schmidt is a Sagittarius. He says it like three times. I would fuck it because it's going to be good. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just um I I can't deal with Nick. I'm sorry. I know he's great and he's fun and he's fresh, but like I just I never really vibed with him. I always like <laughs> gravitated more towards like Schmidt or Winston. Not Schmidt. Winston I totally get. I mm-hmm. I if I didn't have such an obsession with just Nick and honestly just the actor who plays Nick. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because I just think he's he's so charming. But so is Lil Morin, Winston. Oh, yeah. So that is hard. But maybe I could have a throuple situation. <laughs> <laughs> there yes. was that video that was going around of Lamour. Um, he was talking about how he accidentally like overdosed on and weed. And he goes, hey, I'm edibles. Matt Rife. Hey, yeah. Hey, I'm Matt Rife. I'm going to tell you the time I got way too stoned. Mm-hmm. And he was like running around L.A., and his friend, she was like standing right there and he swore he saw this like taxi like drive by and scream at him. And he, she was like, or he was like to his friend, did you just fucking see that? She's like, see what? And then he was like hyperventilating. <laughs> Go watch the video. But yeah. Okay. The next question. Where does somebody go or what do they do to begin a spiritual journey from the very beginning? Half price books. <laughs> no, literally we've talked about how Half that's a game. fucking books or just the go library in the metas- or metaphysical the library. section at yeah. any bookstore yeah literally that's where i got my first wiccan book like i started yeah i got my first tarot deck at half price yeah no that's such good advice like just go to a bookstore or the library and then just see what piques your interest basically mm-hmm. like at when you're at the very beginning of a spiritual journey you really just need to like explore and learn as much as you can because eventually you'll find something that like really resonates with you or something that you really love. And then you'll be able to kind of like go down that path and get deeper into something. 
So if you're at the very beginning, like exploration is like your number one priority. Yeah. And luckily we have like it really at our fingertips at all times. You can just Google something, even TikTok something. I would not really trust a lot of the TikToks. Yeah. But (laughs) you can still find the information that you're looking for on the internet. Did you just say that? No, I was still talking about bookstores and libraries. Period. But yes, the internet. Um, Yeah. Or go ahead. Sorry. I do feel like there's some benefit to actually physically like, because I feel like feeling the book, reading what it's about and just the overall look and feel like you actually interacting with it could, that could be like a test of your intuition as well. Yeah. Of what like kind of path to go down. Yeah. I wish one thing that I understood when I started my journey, going back to that other question that we got. Um, if you could go back in time and tell yourself something, I feel like I just, I would tell myself or I would tell someone starting on this journey to like, trust yourself and what you gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. Like if you feel yourself being really pulled to tarot, like you are probably supposed to read tarot or like tarot is going to unlock something for you. Or if you find yourself like, Ooh, I'm really drawn to like Jungian psychology. I'm really drawn to mythology. Like just trust your gut. If you see a book at a bookstore and it's like maybe a little too advanced for you right now, like still get it and have it. Like there's a reason that you're being drawn to that. So like just trust your intuition when it comes to exploring. So true. If you could compete on any game show, which one would you pick? Family Feud. (laughs) I love Family Feud. Game show. I honestly don't like Family Feud that much. Or Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune is a good one. I I feel like I would do Family Feud because me and my sisters and my mom would be so. Much oh, fun my on that show. oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, we would be we would be so much fun on that show. And I I feel like I've always been good at it. I have a talent that I don't know if you guys know about this, but I feel like I have a talent of knowing what the majority of people will say. <laughs> so we played a game at my work once where it was like guess the percentage of how many people said this and almost every time I was like right on the money I'm like I don't know I'm tapped in with the universe I get (laughs) what the people want so I just I always get the answers right because I'm like they would say this yeah I just like am in the brains of the general public (laughs) I love that that's so Aquarian George's family like his brother and his brother's wife and stuff were like actively trying to get like their whole family on family feud oh my god and they were trying to be like Hannah do you want in and I'm like I think you guys should go on that would be really fun for you guys and I'll just watch but yeah that was I would love to go on family feud how about you I feel like I would want to go on jeopardy but specifically the college tournament yes <laughs> that is like my level of jeopardy that i fucking kill mm-hmm. so i would want to go back in time and be a college student and do college jeopardy yes i would slay period regular jeopardy is way too fucking hard no Bro. it's so hard it bring it's that, like bring it, bring the way oh yeah speaking of jeopardy we got a question do you miss alex trebek and my answer is yes Yes. of course i do he was a beautiful man and fun fact he has the same birthday as my brother Mm, i see that for your brother and him (laughs) did you guys ever watch that snl skit with will ferrell as alex trebek yes shock at trebek when it was sean connery okay yes 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 yeah yeah celebrity jeopardy i loved it that was my favorite one 
Okay, we have one more fun one and then one astro one. Ooh. Let's just do the fun one first. Okay. Who is your favorite cartoon character and what do you think their sign is? So I guess both of these are astrology. That's a good question. My favorite cartoon character. I'm going to go with Shigo. Ooh. Ooh. I love Shigo. And I think she... I'm... Okay. I either think she's a Scorpio, but I think that answer is too easy. I think she might be a Gemini. Or like a Capricorn. Interesting. But that's just the vibe I get. I don't have any mm. basis of information. Definitely like Scorpio on the surface, I would yeah. I would say. But I think there's a lot of like Geminis that I've come in contact with or like Gemini placements that give off that like dark aura vibe. Too. Yes. I have actually kind of been thinking the same thing. Like Scorpio and Gemini are a lot more similar yeah. than people think. And that's, that's really interesting because like they don't really have anything in common mm-hmm. as far as like element modality even feminine and masculine goes yeah but they're also like i feel like two of the most kind of like misunderstood yeah Zodiacs oh absolutely too. so i mean that makes sense i guess they have that in common <laughs> that is so true <laughs> i do feel like those signs have a tendency towards authenticity too like i feel like they're mm-hmm. very just open about themselves typically but yeah that's interesting yeah i forgot every cartoon character that's ever existed literally yeah mm. bugs bunny was always a baddie though <laughs> i loved bugs bunny i have this so there's like the old like looney tunes on max like Ooh. the old 30s and stuff so we have been watching that on sunday mornings and bugs Bunny. we got to like the colored version now and like Bugs Bunny is just like fucking up with Elmer Fudd and it's just like the best thing ever. I love that. Yeah. Max has a lot of like really old stuff on there. I know. Because they I think they have like Turner Classic Movie Channel or something. So they have a ton of old stuff. I just watched Blazing Saddles the other day for the first time. Um, it needs to be a musical on Broadway immediately. (laughs) Like with obviously some adjustments, but like it's so it was so good. I need to watch that. That's been on my list. I can't think of cartoon characters either, but all I can think of is like Disney princesses. Do it. Period. So my, my favorite princess growing up was Cinderella for Same. sure. Same. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like she's a Libra perhaps. Mm. I don't know, but I felt like I always resonated with her. <laughs> I was like, I feel left out too from Aww. my sisters. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I could see Libra. I feel like there's some like um, Neptune energy too. Mm, I like that too. The first one that came to mind was like Phineas and Ferb. Love Period. Phineas and Ferb. So Phineas, I feel like it kind of gives me like Gemini. Or yes. I feel like the obvious would be Leo, but he's so like Mercury focused. They're so mercurial. And I feel like Ferb is. He's quiet. I think he might be a Taurus. Yeah. Or an Aquarius. An Aquarius. Yeah. Because I feel like he still likes connections with people. He's just quiet. What's Candace? (laughs) Candace is so neurotic. She is a Virgo with a Pisces moon. (laughs) (laughs) With a Leo rising. Yes. Ooh. So I was watching The Breakfast Club the other day and I was like typecasting them or like casting them as like astrological signs. And I forgot to text this to you because Mm. I didn't, I 
I, I just forgot. And so I was thinking about it. Bender is, I mean, what do you guys think? I think that would be a fun question to kind Ooh, of like typecast. Yeah. So I think Molly Ringwald, she's either a Leo or a Libra. Like sun. I'm just doing basic suns. Oh, I feel like she I would a Pisces or Cancer. Ooh, I love that. Really? Mm-hmm. I was going to say out of Leo or Libra, probably Libra because like that leans towards like Venus relationship type of stuff. Yeah. And she's she, like gives off a bit bratty energy. Yeah. yeah. And she's really kind of she's like the, the popular girl, like mm-hmm. has all nice things kind of. Um, I always loved the nerd. Oh, he's yes. so Virgo. He was, he, is. he was like one of my crushes. I was like, oh, I, I love nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I could see Virgo. I could see because I feel like he's also sensitive too. I was thinking like a, a water moon or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Cancer moon. A cancer moon or mm-hmm. a, a Pisces moon. Yeah, because yeah. he was crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, and then Bender. Hmm. I think he has a lot of Mars placements. Yeah. Yeah. He's Aries. angry. Very angry. Maybe like an Aries Aquarius blend. Ooh, yes. Yes. As an Aries because Aquarius blend, I feel that. Yes. There's <laughs> like some type of like, just like rebellion, rule breaking type of thing. Angst. And like angst and aggression. Mm-hmm. Like all of that's very like Mars Saturn. And it's also like a natural leadership. Cause I feel like people were like, okay. Totally. Yeah um the this jock ever since you said that tori like taurus placements especially men are like stacked units i know a lot of taurus placements who are wrestlers and so that made me think that he was a taurus placement i could see that i could see that it's very physical earthly Mm -hmm. Hmm. that's interesting and then the the other lady i forget her name basket case yeah she's a pisces (laughs) <laughs> yeah i feel like she's, she's, a, a, pisces. she's a pisces with an aquarius moon <laughs> with an aquarius yeah. moon and a scorpio rising <laughs> that's so funny yeah i feel like we're spot on with the with mm. those guesses i love but the yeah. breakfast club it's so good. good the final question that we had is what is the significance of your rising sign mm. and this is good because everything I, literally yeah i i feel like people when you're getting deeper into this into astrology like past the beginner phase or maybe i should say when you're at the beginner phase like your rising and sun can be hard to like distinguish because like everything you read is both like say that both is like who you are and your identity and all of that so i feel like it can get kind of confusing on like what does what if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) that was a word jumble Um, But I would say, like, the main difference is the rising is not a planet. It's actually part of, like, your house system. And it's a point. It's a calculated imaginary point in the sky. So that is a big distinction, I think, for me, is, like, it's not a planet or a particular thing up in the air. It's a calculation. And... Your rising sign, I always describe as like your perspective and the lens through which you see the world. Mm -hmm. So I describe it as like, for me, I'm a Pisces sun, Capricorn rising. I would say I'm a Pisces living in a Capricorn's world. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I feel like it's, it's exactly that, like the lens you see things through, like, um, kind of like the, 
so Aquarius on Cancer Moon, that's what I am. But those placements are seen through an Aries lens mm-hmm. because all of the houses houses determined are determined by your rising sign so it's kind of like the focuses are determined by your rising sign but also just your general focus in life Hmm. so i feel like it has to pass through the rising sign situations in your life and that's how you see it even if it's like a way you would see it as like an aquarius sun it's through an aries rising lens yeah that's your rising is like a filter that everything passes through Mm. interesting i feel like it's really important it's super important And whenever astrologers write horoscopes and, like, predictions, they use your rising sign to calculate that, not your sun sign. Mm -hmm. So if you read horoscopes or you read astrology stuff, like, look at your rising sign instead of your sun sign. Big thank you to whoever submitted questions. We had a lot of fun talking about it and answering your questions. Um, But for season two, I mean, we'll be back before too long. You won't have to wait too long for another episode. Period. But we have a lot of plans for season two we're super excited about. Um, I feel like season one was just kind of us like finding our footing and our groove Mm -hmm. and like figuring out tech stuff and editing and starting in a recording studio and then moving to my house and just figuring our shit out basically. Yeah. So thank you for being along for the ride for that. But season two, we're super excited about, and we have big plans. I think the vision is for season two's episodes to be more like research deep dive style. Yes. And then we'll still do fun, like chit chat stuff. But yeah, I think definitely having some bonus episodes scattered throughout, but the bulk of like our season being well thought out research type stuff. Being Um, consistent. And being consistent. Yes. Have a schedule. Yes. Um, But I'm really excited for season two. I'm really excited. Yeah. So I guess like to give you an idea, like kind of like our style episode, that's kind of like the vibe we're going for. Mm -hmm. Some like research, some cool stuff, some deep dives into a particular topic. That's just what comes to mind for me. Yes. And still, of course, our tangents on whatever is happening. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we will see you guys at season two, and we love you. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for celebrating our birthday with us. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.